I oh, Ben just wants to say real hi. Life, so. Real life. Well, hi, Ben. <laughs> hey, Bobby. How's it going? How are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. This is very exciting. Well, we're excited that you're here, man. We're excited that you get to see us flirt in real life. And not just I know, I know. That was uh, that was something. I was like, oh boy, look at these two. They're in love. They're in love and they're texting about it. And here we go. Bob, what's the uh, bedtime situation? Uh the the bedtime situation right now, uh, I put Avery down. She's good. Uh the other two, they may never go to sleep based on how far we got they had a play date it was like 6 30 and when it ended i was i got dinner on the table and i was like i'm done i got i gotta go talk about some jesus bobby's world we're totally calling it bobby's world the other day and maybe this is appropriate for when we're talking uh i think so my son greg he's four soon to be five said is heaven better than like real life? And Good I have very complicated Greg. feelings about this because I don't want my children to like be like yearning to and not appreciating what life is about. So I was like, I don't know. I think life's better. Oh! But like, I haven't, <laughs> I think heaven's pretty great. <laughs> but like, I think life's better. Like, yeah, I just know that they're going in, to the show. They go to Catholic school or like Greg will go to Catholic school. Um, he goes to like, uh, I want to say, he goes to an Episcopal daycare. So he hears about how great heaven is all the time. I just need to make sure that they appreciate living and what a gift this is. Mm-hmm. We're definitely talking about that on the episode. So I got a, yeah. I got a good follow-up question for you on that one. Okay, good. Okay, should we start this thing? Sure. Let's go to work. You're listening to Practically Catholic with your hosts, Natalia Schumann and Father Anthony Federico. Okay, Natalia, I have to tell you something. We're here for our our episode entitled Bobby's World, and and our 14 viewers will learn why that is in a moment. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you something. I met someone recently who listens to our podcast. What? And she said, it's a friend of mine. She said that it has really edified her, and she's learned some things that she never knew before. And I asked her, great, thank you so much. But do you have any, like, feedback for us, any constructive criticism? You know, what should we be doing better? And she told me something, Natalia, that I wasn't expecting to hear. Okay. She said the shout-out bell is too loud. Oh, yeah, it probably is. I mean— And I was like— if that's our biggest thing we got going on, we'll take that. We will take that in the scorebook. I think our producer, Ben Schumann, has uh, mentioned that a time or two because uh, while we first got it, I just thought, you know, you be- go big or go home. So I took that shout out bell and I went ahead and rang it real close to the microphone. And uh, yeah, you poor people. I'm sorry, listeners. If you're listening with earbuds or iPods or what are those things called? Earbuds? Earbuds? Earbuds. Earbuds. Too bad. That's what you get on practically. Yeah, you that like, deaf. whoa. You got to like pull them out of your ear for a second. So. We, we really celebrate our guests and our shout out out people. We want to just honor them with a big, loud, joyful noise. Uh, yeah, obnoxious, joyful noise. So we have Ben Schumann, our faithful producer, doing a three point long distance <laughs> shout out <laughs> bell at the moment. Long trying it from distance, from deep. <laughs> Here it is. 
Okay, listeners, we need some feedback. And we'll, we'll go with that for now. Natalia, we have super, we're super excited for this episode. Okay, because we're going to ring the shout bell all the time because we have another guest. Another guest episode. I would like to take this opportunity to introduce our guest. The episode is called Bobby's World because tonight we have with us my dear friend, Bobby Pinnell. Bobby, thank you for joining us on Practically Catholic. Well, I'm excited. I'm I'm part of the flock that listens to Practically Catholic. So uh, to be on the show, I, I don't know if I should be nervous. Uh, be but very nervous. I'm, I'm just looking forward to the conversation. I guess I spent all day on like video conferences. So I, right now I feel comfortable. I'm not thinking about the, the mass and the throngs of people that we're going to be reaching here. Or the really tough questions I have prepared for you, Bobby. Bobby and I <laughs> went to college together. We met as freshmen in Providence College in 2002. Bobby, you might notice I'm wearing a Providence College t-shirt now in honor of having you on the show. And we were close friends all throughout college. We have stayed close since then. And Bobby and his beautiful wife, Laura, have three kids. And Bobby, tell us a little bit about your life. Um, wow, uh, that's, that's, that's big. Uh, so I guess I'll just hit the highlights as an adult. I uh, have three beautiful kids. I have a great wife. Laura is my wife. Uh, Phoebe, Gregory, and Avery are my children. We live in Glen Ellen, Illinois, which is about 25 miles west of Chicago. Uh, I have lived up and down the East Coast. Um, but Anthony said I went to college with him at Providence. And uh, I, you know, I guess we can talk about this. I, you know, I came, I'm the oldest of seven kids. Um, I lived in Connecticut, Georgia, North Carolina, New Jersey then Rhode Island, then back to New Jersey, then New York, where I met Laura, and then we moved to Chicago. Um, spent a lot of time in Catholic schools. Uh, and I think that uh, I'm just excited to talk about some of the discussions that we have, Anthony, uh, sure. in a broader group with with uh, people that um, can challenge me in some of the things I think. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into things like Ouija boards where, uh, <laughs> yes, well, oh, alert. <laughs> so friends, Natalia, Bobby is, Bobby is the friend in my group of close friends that I'm so close with from college that really thinks about the issues of the day, really thinks about life and is not afraid to put out a controversial opinion. He's not afraid to take an unpopular stance. He thinks deeply about the world and I really appreciate him for that. And he's always supported me and we have a great loving friendship, even though we don't see the world in exactly the same way. And Natalia and I were talking about how um, the majority of our listeners here are most likely devout young Catholics who are looking to grow deeper in their faith. But here I have a close friend on the side who doesn't come from necessarily from that mindset, but also but responds to the show, listening carefully with with valuable, interesting different perspectives than Natalia and I are used to. So Natalia and I thought, what if we invited Bobby on the show to have a, a fair, like non like um, debate kind of thing, but like a discussion about the different ways that we see in the world. And Natalia thought it was a great idea. And she entitled this episode, Bobby's World. Bobby's World, here we are. So, okay, let's start. Bobby, this is the first time you and I have spoken. 
mm-hmm. besides our hilarious uh, texts back and forth, <laughs> getting ready for this. But so hilarious. Uh, so you mentioned Catholic school. You mentioned a family of seven. Can I assume that you were raised Catholic? That your was your mom Catholic? Did you guys go to mass? What did what did church or religion look like for you when you were growing up? Yeah. So um, both of my parents are from Long Island. Um, raised in, I would say, pretty normal, traditional Catholic families. But um, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I would say that religion is is important. It's been important in my family's life. My mom goes to daily mass. Um, there have been points in my life where I have gone to daily mass. I actually have found um, like 15 minute mass a lot more valuable to me. I'd rather go to mass from time to time in that sort of uh, function than the hour 20, hour 30 um, that I had at some Southern Catholic churches when I was, uh, was growing up. But um, I would say, yeah, it's, it's been culturally a big part of my life. I went to Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic college. Um, you know, I know the difference between, you know, Dominicans and Jesuits. And I'd say that that, that will tell you about um, sure. like some of the depth that I have in, in how I think about you know, my faith. And um, it's a journey. I know that I'm, it, it's changing now, even from where it was, I'd say five years ago. So, so where are you at now? Like if I were to say, you know, what do you believe in? Or say you went to the doctors and they said religion, what would you write on the line? What's the like, like, yeah, where would you put yourself? I would, I would probably have, um, Catholic. Question mark. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And you know, I'm someone that, you know, Catholicism is the framework in which, um, I exist in a religious structure, but I, I, I'm, you know, I can get into this right now. It's the conversation I've had with Anthony. It's like, I just happen to be born at a time and in a place where Catholicism is just kind of what I was raised in. And I think that it is a good framework and, and structure for a moral code. It's a strong community. It teaches people right from wrong. Um, and there's uh, a group of people that you can identify with and you can lean on if, if, um, if you need to. I think that we're really close uh, I'm really excited about the school community that we have here, mm. St. Petronell here in Glen Ellen. Um, but if I were born in Tehran, like I wouldn't be Catholic or born in uh, Bangalore, I wouldn't be Catholic. So that, these are the things that I think about where it's like, I probably struggle with like, I, it's, if there's a religion or if there's a God, like, it's probably all the same thing. They're just different flavors. And I think that that's where a moral code and doing the right thing and being a good person um, outweighs the specifics of a, of, of a, of a organized religion, excuse me, a religion. Mm. These are, these are very good things. Um, so at this point in life, do you go, you go, do you go to church? You've mentioned a couple of times listening to Father Anthony's homilies. You've mentioned your kids go to Catholic school. Uh, maybe your wife. Have you mentioned that she was Christian, that she's Christian or Catholic? Or? So my, my wife is a good Southside Irish girl. Uh, and she, we haven't been to mass 
um, since the pandemic started. Sure. Uh, normally, like, no, I, w- I wouldn't go. Um, I, Laura does go. She brings the kids. I really enjoy watching the, you know, uh, Father Anthony preach. Um, so I, I will have that on, you know, now with the virtual um, ability to watch Mass, we have the, I guess his holy name here in Chicago has a mass on ABC every week and Laura puts that on and I'll pay attention. And, um, but it's not I would say a big part of my life whatsoever. Sure. It's, it sounds to me like it's maybe a little bit more education, education for like being a good person. Is that what you agree with that or? Um, I think it, like I want my children to make their own choice and I, you know, I, I, I very much, respect and appreciate, um, the things that you all do, um, with your vocation. I I think it's one of the things I talked to Anthony a lot about is, uh, I think his role is to help people Mm. and he is in a position and the same thing with you, Natalia and, and Ben, like you are in a position to make people's lives better and they look to you as a leader and you can totally change the path of someone's life. And I think that that is incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, so regardless of what I believe about like, you know, um, like the importance of, of every, um, you know, did the mir- did all the miracles happen the exact same way that I, I thought was somebody eaten by a whale and then like spit out. Mm. Um, that is less relevant to me than, the role that you all can play in making the world a great place and changing um, hearts and minds. So mm. uh, that's kind of the the balance that I, I have here. I don't think I answer your question, but um, no, I I am I'm enjoying this conversation. And Bobby, when Father Anthony was like, "Hey, Bobby's listening to this podcast, and he's got a different perspective," and like, could we have him on the show, and could we have a discussion? There were two things that kind of came up for me. Like, the first one is. This idea of different perspective is really important to us. I would say Father Anthony, myself, and any of our listeners who are devout Catholics who have on our heart a desire, like you say, to help people. But my desire is to, I would use the word evangelize. Evangelize as in to teach them about Jesus and about who Jesus is so that they can know and meet Jesus. So that the Catholic Church isn't just an institution of do-gooders, that the Catholic Church is actually a framework for where I can encounter the risen Lord, where I can encounter Christ. So anyway, I think your perspective is incredibly valuable because even as I say that I might be using language or terminology that you're like, I'm not getting any of your words or I don't understand what you're saying. So, so anyway, as father Anthony was sharing this with me, I was thinking of um, this book by Henry Nowen. It's called a life of the beloved. And Henry Nowen was a priest And a man, a Jewish man had come into his office to write a story about him. And he's talking with him. And this man is just like really distraught, kind of upset, like just like doing the work just because he has to bring home a paycheck. Basically, that's it. And he gets into a relationship with this priest, Father, Father Henry. And he says to him, like, can you write something for for me and my people, for like the people that I am around this like secular young, young adult group. And so Father Henry now and writes something for them and it gets rave reviews in the Christian community. And for Fred, his friend, 
Fred says, you know, it sounds good, but like you used a lot of language that I don't even understand. And in fact, your perspective is so different from mine that I can't even enter in to where you're at because I'm asking questions that are 10 steps before where you're at. So anyway, when Father Anthony was sharing about you, I just thought like, this is great to have a conversation to figure out what your perspective is, because if I desire to help the Bobbies in my world, if I desire to share with them that Jesus is a person, that he chose the time and the place that you were to be born, that everything that we receive from his, him is a gift. It is thought over. It is poured out from his hands. Like if I desire to, to share that message, I have to understand how to share it in such a way that you're going to be able to receive it or the people in my life are going to be able to receive it. Do you think it's important that people so let's say people receive it and they receive this love and they receive, um, you know, Jesus in the way that, uh, you're describing here. Does it matter if they think it's Jesus or if they are just like, think of this, this warmth and love, um, and they may be interpreted different, but it, it leads to more good. Like how important is the, the detail of seeing it in the way that you intend? I guess that, that'd be my question to you. That's I think it question. I think it makes a big difference that it's a person and not a disembodied uh, entity. When we talk about God as this like uh, either this divine hippie in the sky that's just all about peace and love and tolerance, or either that or this like divine jerk in the sky that's just looking to pounce on people who are partying too hard. That sort of disembodied God quickly lends itself to like um, one of those two extremes. But when we say that God has a face, that God has a beard, that God has a sense of humor, that God has a personality. Now this becomes very human, very mm. by human, I mean very relational. Like, so to answer your question, Bobby, we don't want to be loved by some like floating warmth. We want to be loved by a person that knows us. So I think it's very important that, that mm -hmm. he's not a floating stuff. I was, I was speaking more about the evangelized not the evangelizer, right? I, you know, that is uh, mission work. I would imagine this is, is exactly what it's like, or some of the uh, people you come in contact with, Father Feds, um, where you are acting on behalf of, of Jesus and the church, and you are bringing that love and that joy and that spirit out into your communities. Um, does it, so let's say you get, there's five people you come in contact with each two people totally on board with the way that you're seeing it. And, and we'll, we'll put them in, in a category here and we'll call that category a, and that's a great, great win. Sure. Uh, and then the other, you know, the, the two in the middle, are people like me who have kind of a, an interesting relationship with their faith. And um, it's probably a little bit more ethereal um, and sure. trying to figure out. And then there's one that is just uh, not necessarily getting even to where I may be, but there is an appreciation from that person about what you can, can provide as a, an influence in their life. Um, is it, are the, the two people in category A, like really the victor or 
or is it the, the blend? Is it the mix of, of all five? I'm curious to hear what Natalia has to say about this. It's a great question. For me, it's like when I get the sense like that I have a chance to share the faith with someone who either is in category A, B, or C, like someone who's already evangelized but wants to go deeper, someone who grew up Catholic but doesn't care right now, or someone who's just a citizen of the world, trying to be a good person, non-religious, like I try to start from the perspective of check out my joy. I am a joyful person. Like, I don't even want to talk to you about God right now. I wanted to get to know you as a human being. And I want to learn, like, I want to dig into your life as much as you'll share with me, like what's working, what's not working. And I hope, during, my hope is that during the course of that initial like conversation, like the person might see that, like, I'm truly happy. Like, and I think that comes across, but like, because an Italian and I have an expression on the show, like more is caught than taught. And like, we could tell the Bobbies of the world, like, actually, Jesus has a plan for you and it's beautiful. And if you abide by that plan, it will lead you to be an objectively happier human being. And that's true, but that doesn't sell and that doesn't move hearts and minds. So more mm -hmm. is caught than taught. Like, I hope that people would see like a, a person who's truly in love with Jesus Christ is, is changed, different, happy, transformed, and that's contagious. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Natalia? I agree. I think, okay, if I understood the question correctly. I think, Bobby, you were asking if somebody is receiving what I am, what I am sharing about Jesus, but they call it by a different name, do I still consider it a victory? And, okay, so I've got 17 parts to this answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my mind just like goes off in 17 different directions. Um no. Okay. So my first thought is you mentioned in the very beginning, this idea of journey. And I absolutely agree with you. Like, even when I say the name Jesus, I don't know to the full extent what, who Jesus is or what the name of Jesus actually means. I only know it to the limited capacity in which he's revealed himself to me. Now, if somebody else goes ahead and says that same experience is called something else, I don't, I wouldn't have a context, a measuring stick to be able to judge whether they were really meaning Jesus or they were really meaning something else. I wouldn't have the context for that. I don't know their heart. I don't know their life. I don't know the experience that they're having, but I do know that in part of our mission work, I feel like one of our jobs is to be a, a connector or a bridge. Like, so as we share, we, we have this big fancy word called kerygma in the Catholic church. And it basically means the story of salvation. So you were created by a God who loves you, who knows every detail of you. He knows how many hairs there are on your head. He desires you. He loves you. And yet we are fallen human beings. We sin. We don't love him as much as we should. We're, we're ungrateful. We're, I mean, name, name your sin, right? Like we're murderers. We're, we're gossipers. Like we choose in so many different ways to love ourselves rather than to be loved by him and to reciprocate that love, which means that God who is all good and all just had to rectify the situation himself because we were incapable of doing it. So he sends his son, Jesus to save us. And Jesus puts us in right relationship with the father and Jesus becomes a bridge. So like, here's me, here's, 
the father, I've sinned so much. I've created this chasm or this hole between, between me and the father. I'm supposed to be the fathers. I'm made to be the fathers. I'm supposed to be in great relationship with him. I'm supposed to be his daughter. He's supposed to be my father. And so Jesus lays his life down and creates basically this bridge between the chasm, the chasm. So as a missionary, I believe fully and firmly that, that my model is Jesus being the bridge. So I'm a bridge between a Bobby or a, you know, whoever it is, somebody in the field and God, the father. And so part of, I feel like my role, in addition to praying for them, helping them, loving them, getting to know them, um, you know, trying to mediate the father's love for them, meeting them where they're at, accepting them is also calling out the moments in their story and their life where I see God and Jesus working. So one story is like a woman went ahead and shared with me a story of how she had this little baby and she was bathing the baby and she must've turned her back for just a second. The baby went under the water and started drowning. And so she called out and called out and called out. Well, the, there was like an interesting moment in the story where she knew when to turn around. It was like something just told her to turn around. Right. And so what would you call that, Bobby? I don't know. I don't know. Like part of it is just like you snap, like it, it you know, it, it's instinct, it's intuition. intuition. Uh, like who knows? Totally. Just like, it, it seems like she snapped too, which is, which is different. I, I would agree that there's, there's something there. Um, but that story freaks me out So as a dad. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. So as a missionary, I look at her and I say, that was the Holy spirit that was God intervening in your life and your child's life so that you could turn around and pick that baby up. And so that that baby didn't drown. So like call it what you want to call it, but because of my faith and what I believe, I call it God. I call it Jesus. I call it the Holy spirit. So in some sense, even if you don't call it that, I still know and believe that God acts so personally and particularly in your life that you could tell me a story about something that happened that you thought was miraculous or great. And I would be able to pick out and say, here's where God was acting in your story. Here's the thing about Bobby that I find most interesting and probably most difficult to evangelize, to use this, this 10 cent Catholic word. You know, a lot of people that I encounter in the parish the natural opening, if you will, into their heart is like brokenness and suffering. I usually meet people through their suffering. Mm. And that's like a normal pathway to, for someone to reach out to God and to, for the church to provide that connection to, to God. But with someone like Bobby, he, He's as he told no us, suffering. he grew, grew up <laughs> Catholic, knows the faith, knows the difference between Dominicans and Jesuits. And as you said right in the beginning, you said, my life is pretty great right now. And to a person who knows the faith, doesn't need to like, doesn't have need to, doesn't necessarily get a mind blowing um, explanation of something that they already know, and doesn't really have anything going too wrong right now. Praise God, thank God for that, for my friend's life that's going well. Like to me, the Bobbies of the world are the most difficult people to reach because they're not in need of anything. Uh, you know, there have been points in my life where I've had adversity. Um, you know, I had an accident when I was in eighth grade and had several surgeries and. Uh, I still have, you know, I, my right eye is lazy at times. I don't see very well out of my right eye. Um, 
and that was something that I was very self-conscious about, mostly because um, like right after one of the surgeries, my family is like, oh, we're moving to Charlotte. So I'm like, oh, cool. All those friends I had, I showed up. I showed up the, the freshman year of high school with all these kids that went to school together. I was like late hitting puberty. So I was like five foot one. I was like, hey, I'm Bobby. Nice to meet you. <laughs> hey, guys, be my friend. And like, you know, um, I think that yeah, there are people that have it so much worse than me. Um, and I'm greatly understanding of that. I just, um, I know that I am, you know, we blessed is a, a great way to put it, regardless mm -hmm. of where that blessing comes from. Um, I'm so lucky and uh, I have been given so much. And I think it's important for me to, to make sure that I'm being a positive influence with all this. And I'm raising my children in a way where they're going to have a positive impact on the world and they treat people fairly. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Anthony, like I, I love life. I, I think life is the best. Praise God. Friends, yes. we're practically Catholic. We're on our special guest episode called Bobby's World. We're interviewing my dear friend, Bobby Pinnell, who does not see the world in the same way that Natalia and I necessarily do. We have a lot in common. We also have a lot that we don't see the same. And everyone that's listening to the show right now has a Bobby in their life, knows a Bobby in their life. So we appreciate you, Bobby, sort of representing, you know, maybe the non-traditional devout Catholic viewpoint. Uh, I have a question for you, my friend. My question yeah. is this. Um, you and I know each other very well. And the other night you and I were talking and you were like, um, so um, you had such high praises for Natalia and Ben and the life, like you're so admiring of the life that they live as missionaries. You were really remarking like that requires a certain kind of person, a certain kind of generosity and selflessness. My question to you is. Do you want to join us? <laughs> no, like, you know, you know me uh, before the priesthood and you know me now as a priest. And, you know, you're, you're obviously um, think highly of the life that Natalia and Ben live. My question is, what do you think it is that motivates people like us to pursue people like you or people who don't know or don't care about the Lord and, and, and sort of continuously offer them, encourage them, nudge them when, when clearly we don't get anything out of it. Like I don't make an extra, you know, I don't make a commission to more souls I save. You know, I don't, there's that nothing, I'm not deal. getting anything. So what do you think that motivation comes from for people like us who are in the business of evangelizing? So I sell software for a living. That's what I do. And the idea of like a soul commission when you, if you know, in heaven is really, really great. Um, yeah, I would be broke, yeah. by the way. Um, so I'm reading, I'm reading this book um, called Grit by Angela Duckworth right now. And it's something, you know, every once in a while I'll read like a professional development Shout book. Shout out to Angela and... Duckworth, whoever she is. God bless. Shout out to Grit. Yeah, she, uh, so in this book, they talk about the importance, uh, you know, what makes grit and gritty people and um, true achievers in this way. And one of the things that she talks about is this idea of like true purpose. And I would say that, um, you know, the three of you have a true purpose. You have like a, a vision and um, you're not getting a commission on this, but based on your belief system, um, which I'm not far out of line with, I would say, 
it's like a all or nothing game. Like if that's why I think you have the passion that you do is that if you can save people for, you know, uh, lack of a better way of putting it, like that's, that's amazing. Um, if you, you know, if you can do that, if you can take somebody and change the path that they're on and give them like a true sense of, of belonging and, um, purpose in life, mm -hmm. that's, that's where it comes from because you think that like you're winning the ultimate prize for them. Like that's you're giving in that, in that case. Um, I just interpret like the, uh, the way that you can impact lives. I don't think it has to go that far to still be an amazing vocation and to, to be a tremendous part of the world. What have you found is your uh, purpose, your passion, your, like, what is uh, meaning meaningful to you in your life right now, Bobby? Um, yeah, if like I, I would say that I am very joyful. I I um, love deeply. I uh, share my emotions freely. Um, there are times where, like, you know, I will have bad days from time to time. But largely speaking, like I understand. How dare you have a bad day? I know. I know. <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. I, I think you know I get a tremendous amount of of joy from. Uh, my family and friends. Um, I, it might be trite to say that, but uh, I really, really love like the connections that I've made in this world, and I value them deeply. Um, and I have a life where um, I have very few restrictions on my ability to like take advantage of those because of technology um, and. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I talk to Father Anthony every day, like some capacity. Sometimes he doesn't pay attention. There was a time he got rid of his smartphone and he goes, I needed to get a dumb phone so I could uh, not pay attention. And we were like, oh, my gosh, did he, is he OK? He's not answering <laughs> us. Is he mad at us? Yeah. Were uh, we too vulgar? No, that was my bad. <laughs> Friends, if you're going to do a uh, you're going to try to purge yourself of technology to detach from the world and go from a smartphone to a dumb phone. Do yourself a favor and text your best friends that you've been in a group text with for like 10 years that you're leaving because otherwise they'll just think you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I didn't, I didn't do this, but I was very close to searching the, the uh, greater, the Hartford current uh, obituaries to, to say like new priest, former seminarian, uh, Anthony Federico. Did he die? Yeah. You know, yeah. we could do a whole nother episode on that. But as you go to purge your life of your smartphone, there is this reality of like, but we connect so much on smartphones that you end up, you could potentially lose some of those connections. Anyway, totally side tangent, but okay. I've got more questions for Bobby. Um, Bobby, you have mentioned a couple of times, not only listening to our podcast, but listening to Father Anthony's homilies and then even listening to EWTN. What is, what, what draws you, what attracts you to those things besides the fact that I have a really good laugh? Um, <laughs> I really do. I really do like challenging my worldview. Um, so, uh, whether that, I mean, 
there was a point in my life where I listened, like was listening to like local sports talk radio as like an 18 year old. And you realize that there, <laughs> there's no value in that. So, uh, I try to, um, read things that will expand the way I, I see the world. I listen to, uh, political podcasts that I would say make up several parts of the political spectrum. Mm. Um, to just try and, and give myself a, a different point of view because just because I see the world a certain way um, as like a person that has lived in cities a lot and lives in a, a affluent suburb, um, you go 300 miles west of here. There's like the, the lifestyle and the influence, like the world is obviously going to be different for them. Mm-hmm. Or if you go, 50 miles east of here um, into certain neighborhoods in Chicago. Like the way that people exist in this exact same world is totally different. Think about some of the places that, that you've been um, mm-hmm. in developing um, and underdeveloped nations. Like it's totally different. And so I think it's important to get a perspective and I, I value other people's points of view, unless it's like honestly, like just ignorant or full of hate. And, you know, I think that's actually where I think some of my, um, aversion to religion comes from is, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've lived in different parts of the country and I've seen, um, religion be weaponized. Mm-hmm. I've seen, um, people take certain elements of, of scripture and, um, alienate people with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, that's just as bad as, um, you know, any sort of alienation, um, regardless of where it comes from is, is gross. There's no place for it. It doesn't, it doesn't spread like love and joy. Yeah. I, I would like to agree with you on that in the sense that sometimes as a devout Catholic, I've listened to a podcast of another devout Catholic and the tone of it is like making fun of those who don't believe or don't practice the way that we do. And it's, and it's, distasteful and it's gosh I hope our podcast has never been like that Father Anthony I have to like check myself but I it's distasteful to me as somebody who's on their side but then also I thought if somebody else listens to this thinks differently like like we just are not being a model for that huge turn off right yeah and I worked at the um at a women's center up here in Lafayette and some of the women had had experience with religion the women's center was basically a homeless shelter for women who uh, found themselves pregnant and homeless. And so they would go ahead and have a place to stay for the remainder of their pregnancy. And then however many uh, months or so after, after delivery. And I was sitting in a Bible study with them and I was sharing a couple of different things from scripture. And one of the women had said, yeah, I went to a church once and the pastor went ahead and like basically condemned any woman that was pregnant out of wedlock. And I was appalled. I was appalled for the church because the other option I feel like is abortion, which is something I'm totally and completely against. I think life is a gift. I think it should be received as a gift, given as a gift. And I think that there's, I don't know, it's just a gift. Um, But I had to, I felt like I had to stand up for her and to say to her, you're not appalling because you're pregnant because the other option was that you could have aborted your baby. In fact, I think you're heroic because you chose to be misunderstood, 
to be persecuted, to be betrayed, to be looked at like you were a fool and you chose that for the life of your baby. And to me, that's bravery. To me, that's courage. To me, that's love. Like that's one of one incredibly sacrificial thing that you can do. So, so anyway, I just, I agree with that. And I, I'm appalled with you, Bobby. So that actually, Anthony, we talked about this the other day and I think one of the great challenges, and I think this is something that you have to take on um, each of you is people's experience with the Catholic church is the culture of that specific parish and those priests or the missionaries, the people that represent the church are how people inter like, that's what either makes people enjoy the community. Yeah. I never thought or, of that. That's interesting. Or yeah. not. I, I mean, I can think I, I've lived a lot of different places and have had a lot of different priests that have been kind of a part of, of my life. Uh, if we're doing shout outs, uh, some of my favorites, uh, <laughs> yeah, go. Father Jowdy, uh, Monsignor McSweeney, uh, Father Nigel, Father Frank, uh, here in Chicago. Like those were like people that I think that got it. Ring it, Ben. Okay, ring it. <laughs> Whoa, shout out to some really great priests. Uh, but there are times where, you know, I, I think the church runs the risk of, um, and I was in a youth group in my high school church, uh, that like, if you take it, if you take it too seriously, like if you push people so hard and you don't meet them where they are and you don't contextualize I think the the value and the way that you know Jesus or the Holy Spirit or the church can be in someone's life, like you can push them away. I I, totally I will say agree. this. I will say this. I I was um, I think. Can I have a word uh, like a least favorite sacrament? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit guy you had on, uh, he oh. uh, he he talked about this a little bit, but confirmation. The Holy Spirit guy. That's a reference to our past episode, friends, when we had uh, Natalia's friends and partners come pray. We definitely have to ask Bobby about his thoughts on hearing charismatic prayer for the first time. But Bob, continue your, your story, then we'll get there. So um, we have, uh, before confirmation, I went to Catholic school. I felt like that was good enough. I, know, I knew what charisma was at one point in my life. Like, that was a word that I could just tell you what it was. Shout out um, to Bobby. But I had to do, uh, like continue like CCD on Sundays on top of going to Catholic school and going to mass. Um, and then for the, they had a 24 hour lock-in at the church. And I can't tell you that was one of my least favorite experiences of my entire adolescence. And like <laughs> I just said, I had six surgeries. Um, and like, I just, worse I, than all of them. It, I was like, this could have been 12 hours. This could have been five hours. This could have been two. Like, uh, it, but they're like, nah, 24, we're keeping you in a full right. 24. And, and I just think that, um, you have to be thoughtful about like, what's the value that this is bringing and what's the chance that we could be overdoing it. And I think that there are times where you two is, uh, like leaders in Catholicism, um, and ambassadors of Catholicism sure. need to be thoughtful about that. Like you, you can't just bludgeon people and expect mm -hmm. oh if we give them 24 hours over 22 then they're going to be two hours more into Holy. this than they would otherwise <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> totally fair bob i i absolutely agree 
I'm reminded as you speak, Bobby, when we do our formation, we, we read through the, uh, the book of the Acts of the Apostles and some missionary documents. I think John Paul II's uh, Mission of the Redeemer. And one of the lines that stands out to me is that the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization, meaning that like, yeah, I could put on a lock, put a lockdown together for 24 hours and not everybody's going to come out of it like on fire for Jesus and so happy. It has to be the Holy Spirit that works in their life. And if the Holy Spirit isn't working in their life in that particular moment, you're right. I could run the risk of like having them go the other direction, but like as a missionary, just having even more confidence that like, no matter what I do, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to go ahead and convict somebody to go, to come to the faith. The, the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that is going to invite and resonate with them and move their heart in such a way. Okay. Producer Ben Schumann is creeping closer to the microphone. So I think he has something to say. <laughs> I was just really, I don't know, as I'm listening, I just really struck and reminded of the fact that it's always an invitation. You know, the Lord always acts in invitation. It's never him forcing himself upon anybody. He's not a creeper that way. You know, like, <laughs> like God is always going to invite us into more and we have the freedom to say yes or to say no. And so if God does it that way, how much more should we, True. Who, as you're saying, Bobby, are, are supposed to be his ambassadors and supposed to be those representatives of, of him here on earth. Like how much more should we be doing the exact same thing that he always does and just meeting people where they're at and inviting into something more mm. and, and into a deeper happiness? Well said. Well said. Oh, it was just getting good. But that's the end of part one. Be sure to stay tuned for the second half of the interview with Bobby in our next episode. 